Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So why did Twitter stop the Daily Wire from showing their film, What is a Woman?, on Twitter. It's going to be a free stream for 24 hours. And the next thing you know, you get a message. Nope, nope, hateful content, can't show this. Then the commentaries go out to Elon Musk, and Elon Musk is, well, of course you should be able to show that. You might only be able to show it to people who follow you. It may not go out to everybody. But you should be able to show this. Of course you should. Of course you should. So what happened? And what does it mean? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The book, Let's Go Barbecue. It is the second in the Let's Go series. Let's Go Bourbon was the first. Let's Go Barbecue, the second available at Amazon.com. Perfect for Father's Day, you should buy the book immediately, if not sooner, at least a good 200 copies. Let's go barbecue. Let's go BBQ. Available at Amazon.com. Now, this actually relates into a lot of stories that have been breaking. Of course, we've seen that Target has come down tremendously in terms of their stock price. We have seen that according to the stock price, they've lost over $10 billion in market cap. We don't know if that's going to last or not. But this is because Target decided to sell clothing to children that allowed them the capacity to tuck. And you know what I mean by tuck. For what reason would a nine-year-old girl need a swimsuit that has tuck coverage? It must be stated that what Target is saying is, yes, children, you can decide your gender. That's pretty hateful of children. I'll say it again. Target hates children. That's what they've done by putting forth this clothing line. Do you think I care what their DEI officer says? Do you think uh, that their DEI officer has any secret knowledge about society that I don't? Absolutely not. I would never give anybody that level of power over me, nor should you uh, do that yourself. But if you think it's okay to tell children that they could decide their gender, that somehow they were born in the wrong body. If you think that's something that you as a company should be teaching outward, man, that's hate of children. Target hates children. That's what I take from their decisions. So, but when I see that the, 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 the sales are down, I don't have a way, uh, or or I should say the stock price is down. I can't, from just 10 days, determine that this is going to be lasting. I think at this stage of the game, when we take a look at Bud Light, and Bud Light being replaced by Modelo as the top brand in the United States, oddly enough, Modelo in most places is still controlled by InBev, which is Anheuser-Busch. It's fascinating. But that happened... Because Bud Light decided to hate their customer. Bud Light did not go through this and is not going through this because of a political position taken by the company. They're going through this because they hate their customer. And they said, 
we hate our customers. And they said, we're going to show you how much we hate our customers. This was their vice president of marketing, Alyssa Heinerscheid, when she was discussing what to do with the Bud Light brand. Listen. I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like, we Mm -hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my, what I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what is, what what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm -hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important (laughs) that we had another approach. Bud Light was terrible. And the people who drank Bud Light are terrible. And so I had to come in and show them how to be inclusive. That's hating your customer. I apply the same rules, theories, thoughts, and philosophy to Target. When Target says, hey, nine-year-old boy, this swimsuit is for you and then you can hide what makes you a a boy and everything will be okay and you can be your true authentic self man uh, you hate kids you hate your customer which is the parent of that kid who doesn't come to target so you target can confuse children and make life difficult on the parent You understand that when Target makes these maneuvers, they're saying to the parent, you are not doing your job correctly. We, the behemoth company, we know what's best. Fascism is clearly defined as the relationship between government and business. What do you call this maneuver? When ESG, environmental social governance, the investing that comes from the investor class states that you got to have these many people on your board and they have to look like this and sound like this and have this kind of last name. Oh, and you got to be promoting this and oh, you got to be a part of that. Silicon Valley Bank goes under, but they sure as hell wanted you to know that you, you had to use the proper pronoun here. They were proud of it. Oh yeah, we went under, but my gosh, everybody used the right pronoun. And this investor class forces the businesses into engage in this nonsense because they believe they know better than the parents. And so the business is like, well, this is what we got to do. And they tell the parent that they don't count and we don't mind confusing the kid and we don't mind pressuring you and we don't mind cleaving your child away from you because in the end, that child shouldn't be yours anyway. After all, your children belong to all of us. This is how it connects. This is how it comes together. It comes together when Glamour in the United Kingdom, Glamour magazine, oh, you've seen pictures. Glamour magazine 
in the UK has a cover model, if you will. It is a woman dressed as a man, looking like a man, pregnant. Let me say it again for the people in the cheap seats. It is a woman dressed as a man, looking like a man, pregnant. It is Glamour's June Pride cover star. The uh, headline says, Trans Pregnant Proud. And the quote is, I'm a pregnant trans man and I do exist. No matter what anyone says, I'm living proof. Yes, you're living proof that women get pregnant. I didn't have any proof of that. What? I never saw any pictures of my pregnant mother or my pregnant wife or my pregnant friends or anybody in the history of time who's been pregnant who has only ever been a woman because only women get pregnant. But thank goodness, now I have proof. Do you think I care? Society cares? Science cares that you say trans man? Doesn't change reality, you're a woman. Women are not men and men are not women. These are scientific facts, I apologize to no one. Glamour is very happy to go about trying to confuse a society, hurt a society, damage a society, hate a society. If you state that men can get pregnant, you are once again joining the ranks of people all on the political left who hate women and tell women to take a back seat, especially the younger women, those high school athletes who want to compete against other women. No, no, no. You just lay down and take it. A boy is going to take your spot. A boy is going to take your scholarships, and there's nothing you can do. Just lay back and take it. It's so disgusting, so despicable, so heart-wrenchingly evil. It is impossible to hear these stories and not feel disgusted and rage. I'm with you. It is disgusting. And that rage you feel, well, that's real. It's real when Belks, do you know Belks? It's a, it's a department store. I don't know, if, depending on where you live, they may or may not have them. Belks was selling trans pride shirts for two years old, for two-year-olds. It had the trans flag. There's a trans flag? Oh, of course there is. There's a flag for everything. And had a little smiley face. It said, so happy to be me. And it was in the trans flag um, uh, colors. Uh, boys four to seven uh, size, or maybe four to seven years old. I think it was, yeah, years old. So happy to be me, trans graphic t-shirt. Why is Belk selling that shirt? You know, none of this was a thing until the progressives decided, we're going after the kids. None of this was a thing until they decided, yeah, we're going after the kids. We're taking the kids. Hey, drag queen, start dancing for kids. Well, we don't dance for kids. It's an art form. It's got a history, and we do it for adults. Well, if you don't dance for the kids, we're going to assume that you're not down for the cause. Oh, okay, we'll dance for the kids. Sure we will. 
Oh, wait, it's going to upset Christians? Hot damn, let's dance for the kids. Do you really think it's right that we dance for kids? Ah, who cares? The more of us, uh, the better. Let's confuse them and let's change it and let's pressure them. Oh, and let's get rid of those terrible, disgusting Christian parents. You know what they do to their kids? My gosh. Hey, weren't your parents Christian? You just shut up now. Utilizing kids. That's what's happening. That is what's happening. Abusing kids in this way. You want to mutilate them. You want them to be able to take puberty blockers, forever changing them. It isn't reversible. That's a lie. And you want to use them as pawns in your political parade, as opposed to letting them just be kids and learn about themselves. And that brings us to a so-called professor. Now, maybe there are a professor. I don't know Allison Walker. What I do know is that Allison Walker is uh, teaching a class uh, over at John Jay. Uh, was it John Jay College? Is that what it is? Over at John Jay College teaching a class, this is the the, the, the tweet, and it's, and it's her, although I think she likes to be him, or that's, you know, her problem to deal with. Understanding resilience strategies among minor attracted individuals. Oh, you mean pedophiles. Minor attracted individuals are pedophiles. That's what it is. There is no other conversation. By the way, Alan Walker, same person, worked at Old Dominion University, placed on administrative leave following an outcry over the term which critics said stigmatizes sex offenders. The term, minor attracted people. And uh, Step Down, I think, is now at John Jay because uh, these people always seem to get another job. The left always protects the left, as we've discussed. They're fine with going after the kids. They delight in going after the kids. They desire going after the kids. And now, and this has been going on for years, they want to work on strategies to defend those people who actually physically want to go after the kids. It's not because I say so. It's because they say so. And what do you expect from people? A, 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 a ideology, a theory, a philosophy, a, um, a warpedness that does not accept basic constructs that men are not women and women are not men. Which brings us back to The Daily Wire and this movie that Matt Walsh put together, What is a Woman? What do you expect from people who cannot answer the question, what is a woman? What do you expect from a philosophy, from an ideology, from a political party where Katanji Brown Jackson, a Supreme Court justice, will not answer what a woman is by saying, I'm not a biologist? The purposefulness of all of this is to try and erode the fabric 
the, the basic foundations, the concepts of normalcy to eradicate rationality. My advice, remember that there are only four lights. Two plus two is always four. Men are not women and women are not men and it doesn't matter how they beat you and how they try to hurt you. The truth does not change. What they want you to believe is that the truth is whatever they say it is. George Orwell is a pretty damn good writer. Every time you protect your kids, you're right. And every time you say to Bud Light or to Target or to any or to, or to Belks or to any of these people, you can't have my children, you're right. And they get angrier, which means you have to fight harder. And so it is. I'm Tony Katz. Stock market loves these jobs numbers, loves this debt limit deal. What's that, 675 right now? Payroll's up 339,000 in May, but it isn't all it's cracked up to be if you miss my conversation with Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I'll, I'll break down parts of it coming up in a little bit. Have you ever heard of Ozempic face? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Kylan is uh, taking care of the show today. Uh, Kylan, have you ever heard of Ozempic face? I have not. All right. So so do you know what Ozempic is? Yeah, I've heard of it at least. Right. Diabetics take Ozempic. It's it, it's blood sugar, but there's a, a side effect, if you will, a positive one, and it can help with weight loss. And uh, I have no problem with people doing this whatsoever. Go right ahead and knock yourself out. It's fine by me. I think it all makes perfect sense. Uh, your doctor's cool with it. Live your life. So Anne Hathaway is 40, by the way. And Anne Hathaway was at some event, and people are noticing, my gosh, she looks incredible. And then they look at her face, and she's like, oh, my gosh, that's Ozempic face. Like, she's taking Ozempic to lose weight, and I guess somehow it just, it, it, takes, it takes weight out of your face first, I guess? Is that what happens? And, and now it's, 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 it's a thing, and it's, it's therefore signs of a problem. I think the problem is when you're already the size of Anne Hathaway and you're like, I got to lose 10 pounds. I think that's the thing. But I have no idea. How would I know? How would I know if someone's taking it? But one of the comments about this photo of her is, why does she look like a corpse? Is she sick? I would... I don't think we should be celebrating Lizzo as the picture of health. But we shouldn't be celebrating the size zero as the picture of health either. That doesn't mean that there aren't plenty of size zero women out there who aren't totally healthy. They are. And there are a lot of women who are overweight out there, men too, who are healthy. But in the main, being overweight's not healthy. And desperately trying to achieve some thin status equally not healthy one of the things that has always been kind of bandied about is you know what what do these things say how how is it something um how is this kind of moved forward in terms of uh, like like body issues and things like that and people go oh that's that's wokeness i don't actually think it is i think there are a lot of girls and there are actually a lot of guys who are told this this is the only thing that's attractive this this unattainable 
and you, you gotta you gotta raise strong kids to be able to realize that they may very well be all right and they look good and if they are overweight you can do something about it which is you know a good thing to teach your children as well meanwhile i gotta get some ozempic i'm tony counts I was discussing earlier this excitement that Speaker McCarthy had. Now, of course, it can all just be, you know, just bluster. Why wouldn't you expect it? Just like you get the bluster from Schumer about how we beat back the Republicans on this debt deal and we save the country single-handedly. America's with us. He's so, oh, he just makes me so ill. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I was discussing how... Maybe, just maybe, and this could be naivete. Really, it could just be a hope. I don't think I'm a naive guy, but sometimes I'm I'm hopeful. Has McCarthy figured out that if you don't get everything, keep going, keep biting at the apple? And it was this, 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 just this little bit of him that made me think yesterday he may have this figured out. Again, I could be being too hopeful. This is what he said. This is fabulous. This is one of the best nights I've ever been here. I thought it would be hard. I thought it'd be almost impossible just to get to 218. Now I found there's a whole new day here. We've woken them up. Maybe they listen to our speeches. I don't know. We can't keep doing the same thing to solve the problem. We have to think differently. And we can't do it with just one party. We are all in this together. Now, he understands that that's not actually the case. Tony Katz, did I say hello, Tony Katz, today? I forget. I think I did. I think I did. Uh, you have to get the Senate. You have to get the presidency. You must. You must. It doesn't mean that you, there, there, isn't, there isn't this other group of people. There is. It means that when you're in this situation, you grab as you can. Does this mean he understands that he has to keep grabbing and don't ever stop? Push this, push that, push the other. What's next? What's up next? What's on deck? What's coming through? What needs to come through? What new thing do we have to throw in there when we throw something in underneath? If he has learned that, if he's learned that, if this is what we're about to see, I'm as excited as he is, and I'm still, I'm even going to speak in that like high register that he does there, which I don't quite understand, neither here nor there. I'm only hoping that it's again, I agree. It's hope. I am only hoping that there is some movement in Republican strategy in going forward and never, ever, ever stopping. Now, Donald Trump did a town hall yesterday with Sean Hannity. What did I think of it? I, I didn't think much of it. I didn't think much of it because it was with Hannity. It was the handpicked audience. I mean, it's not a cross section of America. I'm not. I'm not upset that it happened. I'm just saying that in terms of something that was really going to go out there and reach people, this this wasn't wasn't it. And he said some things, uh, you know, that I thought made absolute sense. Like, for example, when he talked about Republicans not knowing how to talk about abortion. We've made pro-life radical, the other side. Pro-life is not radical. What's radical is killing a baby in the eighth month, the seventh month, the ninth month, or even the babies after the baby's born. And 
And, you know, unfortunately, we have a lot of politicians, and you saw that in the midterms. I think it was a big factor that didn't really know how to talk about what we did with Roe v. Wade and what we did on pro-life. They didn't know how to talk about it. And it energized the Democrats, and they used that. I mean, they used that as a commercial. You wouldn't believe it. Well, what, but, what should the But especially when you didn't be? have the exceptions. When you didn't have the exceptions, they went after the people, like, viciously, the ads. And those people did not, generally speaking, they didn't do very well. He's 100% correct here that the right didn't know how to deal with the fact that once you overturn Roe v. Wade, which was the proper thing to do constitutionally, you now had to deal with the fact that there might be a response to it, a backlash to it. Even I underestimated in, in, in good measures in places the levels it would affect the election, which is, you know, shame on me because I'm the guy who said this is religion to these people. You took away their religion. How could it not have an effect? But I looked at the economics and the other things. I said people need to survive and they're going to see it as greater. Well, I, I clearly learned my lesson about the idol worshiper. <laughs> clearly have learned my lesson. But I was always stunned that Republicans didn't have just the ability to talk about it. Again, shouldn't be. Because how often have I said Republicans don't know how to talk? They don't know how to share. They're so afraid of what's going to be said about them. You got to walk through life unafraid. You have to walk through life unafraid. You got to be able to speak. You got to be able to share. You got to be able to listen. And you can't live in fear that the other person might get offended and try and cancel you. <laughs> Tell them to kiss off. Don't worry about it. You can't live that way. They desperately want you to live that way. You can't live that way. Trump is right about this. And there's a big difference between the seasoned professional politico and you and me. There's a big, big difference between those things. And, and they should have had more ready to go. So when he talks like that, I think, it's, I think he's totally solid. I thought that when he talked about DeSantis, it was just, well, I don't know if this is true. Less than zero. So uh, it is what it is. You know, I, I really go after the one who's second. And I think the one who's second is going down so much and so rapidly that I don't think he's going to be second that much longer. I think he's going to be third or fourth. He had a very bad day. Then he got very angry at the press. You're not allowed to get angry at the press. Let me, let me. You can't get angry at the press? This coming from Trump? What bad day did he have? Why is he going down the third or fourth? I. I don't know. I think that's kind of just trying to put something out there into the world more than more than anything else. And then Hannity said to him, hey, is it possible to tone it down? The argument that they make to me is if he would just tone it down a hair, stop a little of the name calling. Hang on. I said it's their question. Leave me alone. All right. Um, that that it might help you with swing voters in in that are needed for you to get over the finish line. It's already hard enough electoral vote-wise for a Republican to win. What do you say to them? Okay, you ready? And I say this to everybody. I won an election that was unprecedented. We beat somebody that supposedly had it made, and, you know, they probably did things in that election, too. They were shocked. But I came into office, and from the day I got in, I was under siege by people that have been in Washington for many years, put in there by many different presidents, 
in most cases, people that were against me, like they spied on my campaign. We're not doubting this, sir. But this was you were being asked about toning it down. You, you, it, he gave no answer to the question. What I think is interesting is that he actually answered his own question. Because Donald Trump has said that he doesn't think people should go after Joe Biden for his age. This was the back and forth. Listen. Interviews that we've had together, and we've had many over the years. I have asked you repeatedly about what you think about Joe Biden's cognitive state. I've asked you about, is he up to the job physically, mentally? You have been very reluctant to go there. Um, I'm not reluctant. To me, does everyone agree with me that this guy's cognitively not there? I doubt he knows what day of the week it is today. That's how how bad I think it's gotten for him. Why are you reluctant to call that out? Well, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. I actually called Sean, and I, I asked Sean not to joke about it. I was joking because he used to joke about it. And I said, honestly, I don't think it looks good for you or for anybody for you to joke about it because it's a serious problem. I was talking about sippy cup and warm milky at night and bedtime stories. So I said, uh, I just don't think it's good for anybody. And, you know, it's uh, not appropriate. You can speak about it if you want, but I don't think you should joke about it. And you really didn't after that. Now, whether he did or didn't, I don't know. I don't follow Sean closely enough to know that. But what a thing. I think it's wrong to joke about. Now, you understand, like I understand, that Trump thinks it's wrong to joke about because Joe Biden is 80, Trump is 76, and Ron DeSantis is 44, and he doesn't want anybody joking about age because that's going to come back to bite him somewhere on the backside. You know it, I know it, your mima knows it, we all know it. What is fascinating about this It's not that, oh, Trump doesn't want to make fun of a guy. Good. I'm happy about that. By the way, it's easy for America to see that Joe Biden has cognitive issues. And Trump does say there's a difference between talking about it and joking about it. Trump has the ability through this statement to know when something should not happen. When it's bad politics, when it's unhelpful. So why does he go after someone like Kelly McEnany, his former press secretary? Because it doesn't generate any opposition from the other side. It won't generate any hate except from people on the political right or like, would you stop it already? And his idolaters are going to say, oh, she was unloyal. And there's no harm. It's just keeping your base excited and happy and showing what a fighter you are to them. I think it actually does affect you with suburban soccer moms and a whole host of other people who you might need the vote from. And it's not a policy disagreement. Well, if you disagree with me about policy, don't vote for me. This is about being a jerk face. But he knows there are moments not to be. So when we discuss the fact that Trump has no impulse control, he can't stop himself, that's clearly not true. That's clearly not true. He could stop himself if he wants. He knows. He can see it. I mean, we're not surprised by this. We're all very clear that Donald Trump is a rather adept political cat, an extremely good candidate in in terms of that skill set. He can do it. He chooses not to do it.
I thought that was a very telling and very interesting, interesting moment from that town hall that, again, wasn't designed to pull people to him. It's not designed to get to, to garner votes. It's not. You were, The questions would have been tougher. You would have had a more of a mix of an audience, uh, the, the, the whole thing. But that was, to me, a very telling moment. Maybe it was to you as well. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. While I'm on the topics of things that are like like looking behind the curtain and kind of getting a glimpse into people and realizing that that there's something under the surface, which I guess, you know, that's part of my conversation regarding Kevin McCarthy today, Speaker McCarthy, and does he realize that if you keep taking bites of the apple and keep trying to get legislation passed, keep trying to make things better, try to reduce spending, try and uh, have safety on the border, try and thwart China, just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. You might find yourself getting little bits of progress here and there if you are relentless. If President Trump is is seeing that, you know, or, or not seeing, but admitting that, yes, there are moments I realize I shouldn't say X because it's bad politics. Why doesn't he do that more often? I don't mind when he punches back at somebody who punches him in the face. It doesn't bother me. I mind when he decides to punch at people who aren't worth punching. Not everybody is worth the punch. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. This hit me. I didn't see this. I have a, a, a service. Uh, that has audio clips and everything that happens from the overnight and during the day, and they're constantly clipping things and and, and sharing things. And, and so that's where I get a, a, a lot of stuff and a lot of audio to share with you. This, to me, was a knockout. An absolute knockout. And it came from Greg Gutfeld. Now, I've I've met Greg once, if I told you, first of all, there's no way he knows who I am. And secondly, from like the one and a half times I met him, I'm pretty sure the dude doesn't like me. Like that's that's my take. I, I swear to you, I've never sat down and had a conversation with a man in his life, or in my life, I should say. Uh, I, I'm only happy that he has been able to break through on, on Fox this idea of the culture and the comedy and really uh, give them their first opportunity to move out of being Fox News and into some more entertainment. Remember, Roger Ailes referred to it as Fox News, so it was always news first. You had to refer to it as news. That was part of the plan. That was part of uh, the, uh, the, the, the marketing. So I, I wish him all, all, all the best. I can agree on things, disagree on things. I've never met the man a day in my life. I, I, I take that back. I've never had a conversation with a man a day in my life. I've, I've, I've met him, a hello, and that, that, that was it. He wouldn't remember at all. He was on The Five yesterday, was Greg Gutfeld. And he said this. So, Suffer, you could be a failed leftist and get fired, and you get to go to Harvard. Mm-hmm. I get fired. I'm at the University of Newsmax. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, Again, it's just repeating what you're saying. It's a benefit of leftism. It's like even if you were, there's always a... Stop. This goes to former Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Lori Lightfoot just got hired by Harvard. She's going to be teaching health, health policy, public health at Harvard. 
this failed, ridiculous, pathetic mayor. We talk about it all the time. The left always circles the wagons for itself. The left always, always, always takes care of their own. What is interesting about what Gutfeld said, what's interesting about what Gutfeld said is that on Fox, he made recognition that Newsmax was there. I have to take a step back at that. I want to know how many offices he got called into after that happened. Now, I, I say that as a guy who has never once been called into an office for something I said. I have only one time had anybody say to me, yeah, you can't say that. One time, and it, it was a, uh, a turn of phrase that can be seen as a curse. A curse word. Nope, can't say, that's out. That's it. That is it in the entirety of my career. If I lose my job. So, Suffer, you could be a failed leftist and get fired and you get to go to Harvard. Mm -hmm. I get fired. I'm at the University of Newsmax. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that's a nervous laugh. That's an I there is something in that that I am. I am floored by it. And it, it, it starts with. They just recognize that Newsmax is Newsmax is their competitor. Sure, he's trying to downplay it. But dear Lord, I'm sorry. Am I the only person like super moved by that? Like, my gosh, I can't believe he said that out loud. If I'm Newsmax, I'm overjoyed by this. They know you're there. First, they ignore you. Then they ridicule you. Then they fight you. Then you win. That's that's the philosophy. I find that to be a very interesting statement from Greg Garfield. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today.